All right, everybody, welcome back to part two of the Northwest Conversion Zone show. Big show today. And part two, man, we're going to start off with a bang. we got a great guest in here today, Dudley Taft, who used to be in the band Space Antelope, Sweetwater, Second Coming. Also plays guitar for Spike and the Impalers. Right now he's on a blues mojo rising kind of uh, on fire with uh, laying it down and feeling funky and giving us all he's got. New CD out called Left for Dead. He's about to play Hell's Kitchen tonight, which we're all going to go down to. Of course, by the time you hear this, it will have happened, so I'm going to tell you right now. It was freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> it was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> Dudley, welcome to the program. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, tell us about your <clears throat> trek to the Northwest. I know you were born on the East Coast, and then you spent some time in the Midwest. We talked about it. You were in my hometown, actually, at the same time I was there, so down in Houston, Texas. Give us the evolution of Dudley Taft coming to the Northwest. Well, like you say, I grew up in a country called the Midwest, uh, and uh, oh, man, what a great place to grow up and be uh, listening to music. Uh, you know, uh, mid mid to late seventies was just it was incredible. All the rock and roll, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner yes. to uh, you know Jimi Hendrix and and uh, uh, Zeppelin and Thin Lizzy and Fog Hat. Fog yeah. Hat, Fool you, for the City. Did you oh, have the black it. hat that said Fog on it? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, yeah, darn it, I didn't. Uh, and that was when they had the cool record stores where you could yes. go in and get you know everything that you would need to listen to and enjoy a record. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I see you know, they had that. that <laughs> they had the back room with all the cool vases. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. one-stop shop. It was, yeah, it was like it was a pretty like cool. a plant room in the back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, spent a, spent a bunch of time there. My uh, my family moved around a bit. I lived in uh, kind of Cincinnati, two to ten. You know, pretty isolated, not much exposure to much of anything, and thank God I left. <laughs> uh, not to say that I don't appreciate its pastoral beauty, but, yes. uh, you know, I wanted a little <laughs> urban action and moved to Philadelphia. Okay. Uh, lived there for about 18 months and then went down to Houston, Texas. Thank you. And that's kind of where, Houston is sort of where I discovered uh, rock and roll and kind of where I came out of my shell a little bit. I, w I moved in the middle of the year, which, you know, as a, as, you know, a kid going into the, you know, sixth, seventh grade, that sucks. That, that's pretty rough. Yes. Um, so I got kind of lumped. I started hanging out with this, uh, you know, sort of the <laughs> castaway group. And, uh, this one guy's name was Regan Balzer and, and, uh, he was 15, you know, we were all like 12 and a half or something, right. but somehow he was in the same grade that's another story <laughs> but uh he came up to me one time i picked my sport was tennis okay because I, I i just i was too i was too skinny to 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 be effective in football which is the the religion down there uh it really is yes. it really is uh and fortunately i just you know i just I didn't. I, wasn't, I lived down I wasn't there. A part of it. When I lived down there, I'd never heard of tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, anyway, he he, went, he had to pick a tennis partner, and so this guy came up to me and he looked at me, and then he punched me as hard as he could in the arm, and he said, "You won't be my tennis partner." <laughs> and oh, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hello. Uh, I'm in Texas now, but uh, Regan turned me on to uh, Ted Nugent. 
Uncle and Teddy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, stranglehold, and we, you know, we would we would turn on the strobe light and <laughs> jam out in front of the mirror, you know, with the tennis racket, <laughs> and uh, th- that's kind of where I discovered rock and roll. Yeah. You know, um, after that, I moved to Indianapolis, and uh, I, I started taking guitar lessons from this guy Rob Sweeney, who, you know, really knew how to reach a young man who wanted to play guitar. You know, here, learn the scale, learn this chord. And get an electric, and, and by the way, this is something you'll use for the rest of your life. It's a distortion pedal. <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, baby, this is cool. So I just spent, I spent a lot of time practicing guitar and learning and playing in a couple bands. And, and uh, ended up going to boarding school on the East Coast. And then college in California, uh, I wanted to go to L.A. And, and be part of the music business. After I got out of college was 88, when sort of the metal scene was kind of dying in uh, L.A. And I really wasn't finding anything good musically, that, you know, for me there. Mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine said, hey... Check out this EP. It's a band called Mother Love Bone. Yes. And uh, this was, you know, maybe 89 or something like that. And Mm -hmm. and he said, why don't you go check it out? So I I went up and uh, checked out Seattle. And in the summer of 90, I moved up and joined a band uh, that eventually became Sweetwater. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know when I when I came up to Seattle, what I really liked about it was that it was kind of it reminded me of a of a sort of a a smaller town. LA is just crazy, man. It's just too big. You know, uh, Seattle was more familiar to me, and you know you could go to the same club night after night and run into the same people and right. cultivate your friendship and and uh, especially with the with the guys that were in in the bands there was this camaraderie and this this spirit of hey we're all on the same team mm-hmm. which there was zero of in la you know right. it's like you know what can you do for me it's and, all competition yeah yeah it's yeah. very very me oriented so I, I i felt more at home with it and i just i was lucky that i got in with you know uh um with Sweetwater because mm-hmm. you know they really had something going you know yep. and and uh, I enjoyed it and I think I brought a little bit to the picture and you know and how we, long were we you how long were you with Sweetwater? I was with Sweetwater until '95 during the making of the second record. Okay, and uh, at that point. Uh, the first record had come out and did not do well. It really didn't get much of a push from Atlantic, which was <laughs> which <you>. was kind of <laughs> sad in a yeah. way. You know, maybe maybe Sweetwater didn't have the songs. I don't know, but we never got the chance to find out. Right. So those guys are really second guessing everything at that point, and so they decided to keep it just the core. You know, those guys all grew up together, and right. and so I was totally bummed. You know, that was my whole life at that point, and uh, but it turned out really to be a good thing for me because i moved on and i experimented some more with rock and ended up uh, in second coming got another label deal and that was that was interesting and fun and it was fun writing that music it wasn't as fun to play it because we would play to a dap machine that had you know samples and uh you know it's funny because uh, a lot of the songs that I wrote in Second Coming came from uh, these sample CDs, and this was kind of right when you know uh, rap was was 
using, you know, rap was coming, you know, yeah, it was coming uh, off the streets, coming in, into its own, yeah. and and they were using all these funky beats from the seventies and right. stuff, and they weren't like typical rock beats, you know, boom, jack, they're like, you know, that kind of, yeah, but I mean, it was samples off the old records, so that's where I got, you know, I started writing songs. One of our big radio hits, you know, is a rock song that swung, you know, and there weren't a lot of other rock bands that had songs that did that. I mean, you know, Van Halen would be, you know, they they had a lot of boogie and a lot of swing in their music. And now that I'm doing blues, I'm realizing, oh yeah, this is cool, man. Shuffles and and swinging beats and and you know, there. I mean, the list of beats that there are. Uh, is amazing. There's so many different kinds of rhythms, and so I, I, you know, it was very nice to to start doing the blues thing because well, it really uh, opened things up. Speaking of, let's listen to some of that. The new album, the CD, is called Left for Dead. This is Dudley Taft. The name of the song is Ain't No Game. song is ain't no game it's off the new cd left for dead our guest is dudley taft dudley i gotta get in one bio fact i hope you don't mind Go you're for it. uh a yankee doodle dandy born on the fourth of july correct yes sir <laughs> play, play it america's rock and roll <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think yeah. that's cool that's I li- great I-, I like it 10 years from the bicentennial born in washington dc yes in the nation's uh, capital work, yeah. worked out pretty good yeah that is <laughs> Doesn't great. Get, well tell us a little bit about the band that you've assembled for the Dudley Taft Blues? Well, uh, I called on an old friend of mine, Scott Vogel, and Scott and I uh, did a project in between uh, Sweetwater and Second Coming called Hapless, which was aptly named. <laughs> uh, I was kind of searching for, for things at that point, um, but, uh, you know, Scott, Scott is an amazing drummer. I mean, you you meet him and and you know he's he's very very unassuming. You wouldn't know that there's this monster drummer, you know, in 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 him because he's he's just so laid back. He's so mellow. But that's one of the reasons why we get along really well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm you know I'm maybe a little stronger than the average personality, and he's he's a little <laughs> bit mellower. So we we fit together pretty well. And uh, uh, on bass, uh, Evan Sheely uh, is you know, handling the bass duties. And, and I uh, got to know Evan because when I moved uh, to Seattle in 1990, I started working at uh, Seattle Music downtown, and Evan ran the bass department. 
And uh, when, when Seattle Music went away, he just took his bass department down to Pioneer Square, and it's called uh, uh, Bass Northwest. And he's just, he's just one of the, the coolest uh, rock bass players. And uh, Scott's very much a rock drummer, and I was very much a rock guitar player. And we had this meeting, you know, we all, we all uh, sat down uh, and I talked about what I wanted to do. I said, you know, I, I really think, I really like uh, ZZ Top right now. It's going through a ZZ Top phase, you know. Uh, and, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, brother. And, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know, this is rock, but, but dude, check it out. This, they've got these like boogie beats and, you know, they're playing around with the blues form, you know. And it was very much... Uh, to me, it was sort of building a little bit on, you know, the British invasion, uh, but but really Texas blues. Oh, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, the more that we we got into the to the music, the more we realized, you know, we can't limit ourselves to you know be a ZZ Top tribute band. You know, I wanted something to to do because I was kind of mm -hmm. bored at that point. Well, let's listen uh, to another song off the CD. Well, for, before we do that, where is the CD available at? Where, where can people grab the CD? Uh, the CD will be available at my shows. Okay. And in the next couple weeks, it'll be available online uh, pretty much everywhere. On your uh, website? There's a, there's a, you know, I don't know how that works yet, to be honest with you. Okay. But iTunes, yes. uh, Amazon, whatever. Okay. CD Baby. Yes. CD Baby handles all the electronic distribution right. and... Uh, uh, I did another record with them in another little project, and it, it does get out everywhere. But we are looking at getting them in at Silver Platters. So All right. Well, the name of the CD... Come to a show, though. That's really... <clears throat> Absolutely. The CD is Left for Dead. Let's listen to Have You Ever Loved a Woman? This is Dudley Taft. That is definitely some uh, 10 bourbon, 10 scotch, 10 beers music That's right there. That's some smoking blues right there, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah. Thank Your you. fingers are on fire after that one. I love that stuff. 
Okay, well, uh, Dudley, I, I know I used to have a blues program, and I played blues a lot in my on my radio time, and I know a lot of blues is about attitude, look, uh, persona. You, I mean, you have to have the chops, but there's a million guitar players out there that can play the blues, and... Mm -hmm. But a lot of them don't have the soul, the, the like I said, the attitude, the look. There's a whole package that goes with it. I think you got it. I, I find that in you. Is that a is that a, a progression that you had to come to? Is that did you do some soul searching along the way, or did it just did the blues hit you one day and then you felt it and you had to play it? You know, I kind of I kind of slipped into it like an old shoe. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I might sound like a lot of other musicians when they, you know, speak about this. But for me, you know, it's been a very long journey to get to this point with me where I feel like, you know, now I, I really have uh, an amazing amount of freedom to do what comes naturally to me. And... Uh, you know, I, I tried to explain this a little bit in the liner notes of the CD. You know, I, I grew up listening to the, you know, classic rock, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and and before we started taping, we were talking a little bit about, you know, I was listening to, you know, Leonard Skinner and, uh, you know, Foghat and Thin Lizzy and Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and, and uh, you know, a lot of the, what we call classic rock now. And the more that I... Uh, investigate the blues the more I realized that you know uh, all my favorite records were so heavily blues based you know Absolutely. a deep purple machine head mm -hmm. you know wow I mean wh where would they be without blues I mean they a lot of these you know British invasion bands were very influential on 70s American rock you know they they all took their cues from Texas blues guys you know like like Freddie King and, and uh, Johnny Winter Yes. I mean, you you know, uh, you kind of wonder if if the end of um, Freebird is an homage to Johnny Winter because Johnny Winter was the master of those repetitive. They, they licks. actually used to put up his picture on the uh, on the screen when they would play that song. Yep, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So you know, Leon Russell was another one too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it it's becoming the the fog is clearing. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. for me and. <laughs> and uh, I'm realizing that that you know this is really this is the roots of the stuff that I grew up listening to, mm -hmm. and so you know in a rock band it's like oh you know there's all this pressure to write a great song and to be the next coolest thing you know in the rock arena, and it, now it's like you know I don't really care about that. I don't you know uh, take Joe Bonamassa for example, just uh, played the Moore Theater uh, Friday night, sold it out pretty much. He tours all around the world. No. Radio single, he's he's made this himself because of you know of the body of his work, not a particular song, and and that really makes me feel good because mm -hmm. I I don't want to try to write a hit song. I want I just want to write a collection of things that's very expressive of where I am, how I feel. So you know I I, I think you know when when people let go and stop trying to. Uh, you know, be this or that and, and get really comfortable with just being themselves, that's what that's what people identify with when they listen to music, when they see a band live. 
Dudley, we were talking earlier about uh, having a chance to meet some of your uh, musical heroes and idols. Uh, can you tell us uh, if you've ever had any uh, Wayne and Garth I'm Not Worthy moments uh, in meeting any of these people? Uh, absolutely. Uh, there are two that immediately come to mind. Um, one uh, was when I was in Sweetwater, we went over to London to mix our record with Tim Palmer, who mixed 10. Mm -hmm. And of course, we thought, well, you know, if Pearl Jam you know, had this guy mix it, we, you know, we're, we want to be next in line, please. Uh, so we, we, we went over, we stayed. It was cheaper for the whole band to go stay over there and then to fly him to L.A. and wow. rent fancy cars and studios and stuff. Anyway, but it was, it was a fun experience. So we're sitting there and they have this little, we stayed above the studio in a little flat and they had this little kitchenette and so we're sitting there and this dude pulls up in a, in a Range Rover and it's it's Robert Plant no, and he gets wow. out and we're going oh dude is he, is he coming in here dude he's coming in yeah he's coming in here so it, he comes in and he sits over at the table next to us with these two guys and he's talking about doing his solo record and Tim Palmer has produced his solo records mm -hmm. And so, you know, he talked to them for a little while, and you could see he was looking at us out of the corner of his eyes. So he came over, and he talked to us. Long story short, the rest of the guys in Sweetwater were so, you know, uh, frozen. You know, they just could, <laughs> I, I, couldn't say a thing. I ended up, you know, leading the conversation, asking him all these crazy <laughs> questions and everything. And we had a great, great talk with him. And so Timmy said, hey, you know, uh, uh, why don't you come in and listen to one of their songs? And so he came in, and he sat in the chair um, during the song called Sleep off the first uh, Sweetwater record. And so he kind of, he knew that I played the lead guitar. He knew the drummer was, a singer, you know, from talking to us. Anyway, so the, the guitar solo comes and goes, and he turns around in his chair and looks right at me and just gives me the <laughs> thumbs up oh, wow. and a smile. <laughs> yes. And I tell you, my balls are still tingling. <laughs> right. uh, that was very, I mean, you know, what, oh, a, yeah, what, what other a moment, stamp huh? of approval oh, could you yeah. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, tell us about the ZZ Top uh, yeah, sneaking yeah, in yeah. at the fair. That's a good one. Oh, oh, right, right. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I've been talking about being really being into ZZ Top. So they they played the Puyallup Fair, you know, and uh, um, so I got some tickets through KZOK. I think it was a. It was sponsored by the Jack or something. They're all CBS. It was uh, the radio Jack, stations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, uh, I'm I'm going down to the show and I'm with my my friend Dave who's been my longtime you know uh, guitar tech you know he's one of my best friends and so I said Dave dude why don't we because we played the fair in Sweetwater you know I said mm -hmm. dude well, let's go to the gate over there I'll sit in the back of the car you know and I brought my laminates with me because you know sometimes if I don't get a ticket <laughs> I just put my laminates on and walk in the back door they don't even check. nobody says anything you know you just look <laughs> like look like what you're doing so that's what we did we, we drove in the back and, and the guy said who are you it's like yeah we're here for the show and you know we hurry up because he's getting cranky in the back and i'm in the back trying to look cranky you know? so so the guy at the gate oh well you better hurry up here's your pass you know and, and so we drive in where the tour buses are you know oh, yeah. and I just sort of waltz in there and I'm trying to meet the guys backstage. I did get nabbed, though. They're like, who are you? You know. Oh. So I didn't get to meet them at that point. But we did get to open for them uh, playing with Spike and the Impalers mm. at the uh, Comcast Arena, the Everett oh, Events Center. Everett. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I did get to chat with Billy a little bit. Um, uh, you know, which is difficult to do. He's a little bit of a, uh, you know, kooky character. Mm -hmm. Very warm. 
very nice guy. In fact, my uncle, my uncle lives in in Houston still, and uh, has played cards with Billy, uh, golfs with Frank Beard. Nice. Or he did before he lost his leg, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I, I got to hang out with him and meet him, and I got all of them to sign my hat, and uh, it was it was a very cool moment. I did not get a picture, and I'm still kicking myself, oh, but I wow. I've been jimmying around with Photoshop. Maybe I can. <laughs> I have. A feeling you, I have a feeling you're going to run into him again, but let's go so. to uh, the, the title track off the new CD. The name is Left for Dead. It's also the song Talking to Dudley Town. The name of the song is Left for Dead, which is also the name of the CD. Our guest is Dudley Taft. And we got to wrap this up. We got to get out of here because we got to get to the show, man. And uh, But one, one quick question before you leave. Uh, I have to ask this because we've been talking to lots of Northwest icons, and I know you toured and had some interactions with Lane Staley. That's true. What's, uh, what's some of your recollections of Lane? You know, I uh, didn't spend a whole lot of time because when the serious partying got underway, I, I couldn't hang mm-hmm. with that when the mirrors came out and right, so forth. Yep. But uh, I, I, did, I did, you know, get to have a few good conversations with him. You know, he just he struck me as a really funny, intelligent guy. And uh, um, I, I, don't really, I don't really know, you know... What was the you know, the cause of his his decline? But I really think that you know when Demery died, then he was really he was really bummed. I know you right. know he he was a drug addict like a like a lot of uh, people that I knew from the scene. Sure, but a lot of them pulled through. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think he just sort of lost the will to live. You know, at that at a certain point. But uh, it, I just got a call from a guy who wanted me to to comment on a, a biography he's writing on him. So uh, it's you know fresh in my brain. Yeah. But I mean, what an incredible talent little skinny kid that just sang like you know yeah. he was six foot five 250 pounds you know uh, yeah the first time I heard him man I, I was blown away you know what a voice coming out of a, he, of a little guy he was the real deal mm-hmm. you know and all that you know self-deprecating lyrics and all that stuff that was really Lane and Jerry 
that was their thing, and they were doing what came naturally. They, you know, they kind of created that thing. Well, I, I, I still remember the the actual time when I first saw Man in the Box, the you know the video. It was like on a Friday night, late at night. On they had Friday night videos back then. It came on, and I was horrified and absolutely glued at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, the video was a freak of nature, but the song was so powerful, man. I was like, this is this is it. But and so thank you for sharing that. I really. Appreciate Appreciate that. Sure. But uh, our guest today is Dudley Taft. and I've got one more quick one uh, on the lighter side. Sure. Um, this is my inside the uh, <laughs> actor's studio with James Lipton question. I copped it from him, but I like it. Um, if uh, you could invite anyone over to dinner, to have dinner with Dudley Taft, who'd be at the table? Uh, just one person? No, uh, however many you want to invite for dinner. Oh, good lord! Let's just pull a table out. I'm sure yeah, it's us. At least, at least three. <laughs> uh, Johnny Cash, uh, Bob Dylan, David Bowie, and Lou Reed, and and Neil Young. Yeah, I mean those were my heroes. Uh, aside from you know the guitar rock, those mm-hmm. are the the songwriter guys. You know. Uh, and uh, you know they all did their their things differently. You know they're all most of them were pretty much straight from the heart. Bowie made up these fantastic, crazy things mm-hmm. and sold them to you as well. I mean, all, all of those guys. Those are like my top, you know, five right. that, influential uh, musicians. Awesome. That sounds Absolutely. like it'd be some great uh, dinner conversation. You might uh, need someone <laughs> yeah. to interpret for Dylan, though. <laughs> <laughs> No, no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. Well, really quick before we wrap it up, I know you're playing tonight at Hell's Kitchen. What do you have coming up? I know uh, you're in Anacortes pretty soon. And uh, let's see. We are playing the uh, the Red Hook Brewery in Woodenville mm-hmm. on the 12th. That's this Friday. Great. And then we're playing the uh, Capital Food and Wine Festival in Olympia on the 27th. Great. Okay. Dudley Taft has been our guest. Guest. The new CD left for for dead. Buy it on CD Baby. Go to his concerts and pick it up. We'll also have a link on our website to your website. Dudley, thank you so much for coming in. I can't wait to come hear you. We're going to be rocking with you tonight. Yes. Thanks very much for having me. All right. Well, we want to thank Dudley Taft for coming in, and I highly recommend everybody pick up his CD. It's awesome. But let's shift gears here real quick. There's a there's a new place in town. It's the hip place. It's the place to be. And it's not too far from where we're at right now. It's down on South Tacoma Way, right off 56th. The name of the place is Stonegate, and the owner is Jeff Call, and he joins us today. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I'm great, man. Thanks for being, uh, letting me be here. Enjoy yeah, uh, Stonegate. Now, how long have you been open? It hasn't been that long. Just over four months. Yeah, and it's got the best pizza in town. I'm telling it's you. very good pizza. It's very, yeah, we went there. Boy and I and... You we had a great time. It was, uh, yeah, delicious. And but you should go there, well, to have a nice cold drink and to check out the artwork. Tell us about the artwork in the Stone Gate. Well, I've had some uh, fabulous local artists help me do the artwork. Uh, Thor doing some artwork, and my friend, my great friend Karen Hallis, who is a wonderful uh, artist and. Uh, we've got a lot of time in there. Karen has done a great job. She has. My place is set up like three different spots. I have the family-style restaurant on the main floor. Next door, I have a, a rum lounge, which is kind of a class act, but not stuffy. Mm-hmm. And then upstairs, we have the rock loft, where we have live bands and 
Um, now upstairs in the rock off, there's artwork all over the floors. Yes, there's uh, drinking, famous drinking quotes, which are fun. Some of them are spinning <laughs> in circles, so you'll see people actually spinning around <laughs> trying to read these things. It's fun to look at. And then uh, I have some stuff that sticks out. Then I have other things that are a little less subtle. Like I have a. A hundred dollar, a couple hundred dollar bills up there painted on the floor. And Karen's got those things. She paints like triple shadows, so this stuff looks very uh, photorealistic. People bending down trying to pick those up. You, you get two kinds of people on that. You know, my mom was up there for a comedy show one day, and one person coming up to her and says, "Excuse me, ma'am, I think you dropped something." But then you get the other people that come up and, and you see them kind of sliding their foot over and looking around, make sure nobody's looking, <laughs> trying to snag that hunsky. So it's pretty oh, funny. Oh, that's awesome. Now tell me what uh, when you were putting this together, you you bought the bill. Right, and it was the old, it was the old Schwinn, original Swin building. It was, it was a uh, South Wills bicycle shop, the Swin bicycle shop, and I actually got a bicycle there when I was about twelve years old, three-speed Schwin, and and uh, I admired that building ever since I was a kid. It has these cool arches in front, so it's really, it actually was awarded Architecture Awards back in 1968. So it's kind of a cool, unique building on South Tacoma Way. So you're a Tacoma boy? I am. I grew up in North Tacoma. I've lived there all my life. Is this your first uh, restaurant business? It venture? is. I don't is know. It? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't oh, recommend it to anybody. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I've kind of got a construction background, and, and I've been flipping places, and, and I always take the worst of the worst and turn them into the really the nicest places. I've kind of uh, specialized in restorations, yeah. and uh, and this place was, uh, it's nothing like when I got it. But no, it's, uh, well, it's a fabulous place. I, I highly recommend give Give the address real quick. It's 5419 and 5421 South Tacoma Way. It's just right off 56th Street. Right off 56th in Tacoma, and it's a great spot. Now, your menu is uh, primarily pizzas. I know you have some burgers, sandwiches, and you know appetizers everybody has. Why did you decide to go the pizza route? Well, actually, my uncle has a, I have a history with pizza because my uncle started the Cloverleaf Tavern in Tacoma. And, really? And, yeah, that's all. Great. Uh, place too. It's very good. I love the oh, club. Yes. Great pizza. Yes. Uh, and he's uh, he my uh, Larry Turco is his name, and uh, my uncle Lawrence, and uh, he sold it back in 1971. So he's six. He's uh, 89 now, and he told me. It's funny. He told me, he says, okay, when you get your kitchen ready, let me know, and I'll come down. We'll throw together a couple different pizza doughs. You pick the one you like and go for it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I finally get the kitchen done. I call my uncle up. I said, uncle, I'm finally ready. Come down and help me make these pizza doughs. He goes, well, I'm taking off to Arizona tomorrow. They're the snowbirds, so they're going to be gone for two months. So I go, okay. You know, I'm not... You know, I'm not one to wait, so I'm like, well, okay, well, give me the recipe. He's like, well, some flour, water, salt, yeast, oil. I'm like, well, how much? He goes, I don't know. I just did it by feel. Like, Thanks a lot, Uncle. So uh, I played with it for a couple of months, and uh, I had some pretty good pizza, but when he came back, he uh, helped me uh, dial it in. Well, it's dynamite. Right. It's dynamite. We had the, um, what was the name of that pizza we had? Let me look on here. It was the, um, man. Do you remember Double D? What we had? I don't remember anything. Remember that? Uh, I believe it was, it was good. I believe it was called the pepperoni. No, no, no. <laughs> no he's good. got like the Mexican, the Greek, the pad Thai, which is unusual. Uh, the oh, I think we had the. I think we had the meat lusters. The meat lusters, very yeah, good. It was very, very good. You know, I've, you know, I love Italian pizza, and I've had it, grew up on that, and yeah. I, you know, I could eat it forever, you know, but I want to do something a little different, try to step it up a notch. So I've got like the chicken pad Thai pizza, and uh, the the Mexican. I try to make things taste authentic, but we also have uh, well one. Our two uh, most popular is the Angry Hawaiian, which is a sweet chili Thai sauce mm -hmm. with a little cheese, uh, uh, whole um, pep uh, pineapple rings. Right. 
and uh, sweet chicken with some red bell peppers. And then I take the garlic, or not garlic, but the ginger and mince it up. And I have to throw it on there to, to, uh, to, to make it spread out. So that's how I got the name, the Angry Hawaiian. And then I drizzle <laughs> that with a little... Uh, Anybody getting hungry? <laughs> a little uh, yeah, coconut milk. Man, yeah. And it's wonderful. So, well, Je Jeff, how have you been received so far uh, in the community as far as reviews and uh, feedback in the press? How's that been going? You know what? Better than I ever expected. I've just had great support from people. People really kind of taking ownership in what I've done down there throughout the whole time of even building it. I've had people just lending in, helping out, because it's a cool thing, you know, and, and people really appreciate I always found if you do something nice, people appreciate it, and then you get the, the clientele is, you know, not to knock South Tacoma away. I've been down there all, I've been singing in bands, too, for years, and I've played the Cloud Nine, you know? Yes. And it was, you know, it was an old <laughs> classic biker bar. It's not there anymore, yeah. but, uh, you know, the people I have coming down there are from all over, from all walks of life, just mm -hmm. uh, quality people. It's a great thing. They're coming from all over, and I'm trying to, you know, I, I really believe in it. I'm kind of a visionary. People told me I was crazy going down South Coal Way, but you know what? I think it's uh, I think it's really happening. It's up it's and coming. The, I, no I do believe so, and I, you know, I welcome some other bars to come in. I'd like to see it. People bounce back and forth like they used to in the old days at Pioneer Square. You know, and it's you a got, perfect spot for it. I right think it there. is. Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. I think it is. All right. Well, before we uh, before we let you go, I just want to ask uh, the, a lot of bands. We have a lot of bands that float through here. A lot of uh, I mean, we have bigger bands, but we also have some of the up and coming bands. How does somebody get in touch with you if they're interested in coming to play over there. The, the best way is to go to our website, which is stonegaterocks.com. Perfect. And there is a band page there for you to give us the information. We'd love to have you. We'd I'm all about music. I mean, that if you go to the place, I've tried to set it up so it's uh, and, and I, a quick thing on, on the on the rock loft. We were talking about what was there before. Yeah. Now the rock loft upstairs, actually that one used to be a brothel. So there's some <laughs> interesting. Uh, I have one of the quotes on the floor says, "If these bricks could talk, the stories they could tell." <laughs> so, well, let's all head down there and create new stories. That's yeah. all. Yeah. 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 Families are welcome. Absolutely. And then they have the upstairs for the uh, you know for the rock bands and then you got the the gen lounge next door and, and, and i'm not just rock you know we've got you know comedy. rock blues comedy and on sundays we have dinner jazz shows from five to eight it's you're really on fabulous. You're, you, you're absolutely on fire jeff call the owner of stonegate give the website again stonegaterocks.com and, and the address 5421 south tacoma way we'll all meet you down there right thanks on. jeff thanks brother thanks jeff now, with Birthdays of the Living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Pinata, Big D. All right. It's time for birthdays, man. We got to fly this bird. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Jeez, this is a long show. I can't believe it's where we're doing this. All right. Uh, born on the 7th, 1934. Willard Scott. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uncle Willard. Yeah, how old? Uh, 75. That's right, 25 more years. He can uh, wish himself a uh, happy birthday. And then 1962, born on the 12th. He's going to be 47. Daryl Strawberry. Daryl. Yes. Daryl. <laughs> and then uh, just a little old band out of Boston. I can't believe this guy's going to be 62. Tom Schultz. Born in 1947 on the 10th. And those guys, man, they rocked the scene. They did, and they had all those legal problems. It took them years to make an album, but uh, when you got a chance to see them, they, they were good. They were killer, man. So Tom Schultz, 62, that's the birthdays 
of the living. Well, let's go on over to the other side. With birthdays from beyond, here's a Northwest Convergence Homes answer to Art Bell, Big Joe. Yes, we uh, have to every every week travel to the other side <laughs> and uh, check out the birthdays of the people who have passed. And we're going to start off, do a little test for Double D. Does the name Amerigo Vespucci <laughs> ring a bell to you? <laughs> no, but I don't think it means anything to anybody else. <laughs> so. Yes, it means something. He is triple nickels, 555 years old today. Wow. He was born on March 9th, uh, 1454. Uh, Amerigo Vespucci. Uh, well, they named a continent after him that we live in. <laughs> okay, America, but... <laughs> That's right. Uh, Came I, uh, from Amerigo. Yes. Okay. okay I, a, well, happy I'll birthday. I'll have to admit, Double D, I'm with you. I was lost. <laughs> Double D wishes him a happy birthday. Totally brilliant. <laughs> All right. Oh, next up, the champagne music maker himself. Watched this many times with my a grandma on... A one and a two a one and a two with my grandma on Sunday nights. 106 years old, Lawrence Welk, uh, March 11th, 1903. And last but not least, <laughs> one of the great whack jobs of all time. Uh, and I hope this doesn't get me killed. L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard, oh. 98 years old, uh, March 13th, 1911, the founder of John Travolta-ism. He yeah. blinded me with science. <laughs> uh, 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 all right, well, those are That's the birthdays. That's Scientology, in case you Let's go into this week in rock and roll. Rock himself, Big Joe, with This Week in Music History. Yeah! Yeah. yeah, we're going back to the '60s nice. on this one. Oh, this is good for this week in music <laughs> history. On this day in 2004, Tom Jones was banned from wearing tight leather pants by his son of all people, who was also his manager, Mark Jones. And who was paying that guy's bill? <laughs> it was his old man. Yeah. He's telling his old man to quit wearing the leather pants. <laughs> his son said it was time to dress his age, as he was in danger. <laughs> Of becoming a laughing stock. Yeah, at age 63. He's 69 now, and like uh, uh, Big D and I were uh, talking, if any guy can get women to throw their lingerie up on stage at age 69, God bless you, Tom. Yes, don't listen to those little (laughs) It was panties, panties, lace panties. Okay, thanks, Joe. This week in rock. Well, let's let's move right along. Now, hey, we promised at the beginning of the show that we were going to give something away. That's right, and we keep our promises. We keep our promises. We want to introduce a new feature. This is going to be like a monthly feature. We have some great prizes in the uh, in the prize shack, and let's bring in Bird. Bird, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing awesome. So this is a new addition to our program, Bird. That's right, the Bird of Bounty. The Bird of Bounty. She's going to be giving away stuff once a month. And Bird, what do you got today? Well, I've got a chest full of treasure. (laughs) And I do mean that in more ways than one. That's what you said. Okay. Now, at the beginning of the show, Big D quotes lyrics from a song. What's the name of the song and the artist that sang it? Now, all of the answers that you give us on our email will all be put into one hat, all the correct answers. And then of all those correct answers, we will draw out one name from the hat. And you will be the winner. And this week's winner, yes, we've got great acoustics here, is (laughs) El Gaucho, The Waterfront, a $50 gift certificate coming straight at you, flown in 
from the bird. This All right. week's winner is El Gaucho. Yeah, I didn't know we had. How did they win? You didn't even, did they have an email? See, <laughs> no. si, okay. senor, they had you an mean, email. That's the prize. Okay, so the prize is a $50 gift certificate to El Gaucho's. At the beginning of the show, I quoted lyrics from a song. Email us the name of the song and the artist who sings it for every for with if you get it correct, your name will go into a hat. Next week, on next week's show, we'll draw a winner. But the name of the song and the artist has to be correct, and you only get one name in the hat, so don't send a bunch of emails. That's that, right. You know, if you think you got, you know it, right, Bird? Right, like no Mad Hatters, okay? <laughs> and uh, employees of the Northwest Convergence Zone are not eligible. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never been to El Gaucho's. Can I have one of those? <laughs> yeah, be nice. Jeez, man. All right. Well, uh, okay, so we want to thank uh, Chip Hanauer for coming in. Definitely. And Chip John Hanauer. Maynard for calling in. Dudley Tapp for being here. The Jeff Call from coming uh, coming in from Stonegate. Everybody head down there for some pizza. I know it's been a long show, but yeah, it's our show, so get used to it. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, stick All right. with it. It's time, it's time for us to get out of here, so I'm Big D. This is Big Joe, the Rockter. This is Double D. And this has been the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. Let's leave with some Dudley Taft. This is called Blue Lady. We're out of here. Very nice.
This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.